This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including the Great Conjunction, the first ever dark crystal convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart! Now go, you heroes of Thra! Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone. This is the Dark Crystal Podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast as we chat all things Dark Crystal. And of course, with me is my co-host, Sydney. So, Sydney, how are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad, considering it is... Um, hot as all heck where I am in California right now, but I'm super excited to be here and I'm ready to do another interview, man. Woo. I'm so, I'm so excited about today. Yeah. Same here. And, um, and so for our guest on the podcast, uh, he is, uh, you know, one, the, the writer behind the, um, the dark crystal age of resistance, uh, comic and, um, and so we have Matthew Ehrman. So Matthew, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, no, thank you everybody. Uh, this is uh, really fun. I'm I'm really happy to do this, and um, really grateful you guys are putting on a podcast. I I don't get to talk to strangers much these days. <laughs> I definitely hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's because it's all just online at the moment with the whole you know with the COVID nineteen. It's sort of changed a lot of things. Um, yeah, you know, working from home and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's always it was always good to chat to you know yeah to, to yourself and to many others who you know worked on Dark Crystal any you know whatever projects that you've um, been working on regarding to um, the franchise so no which is which is really really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been an absolute blast. I I uh, I'm a new fan of the Dark Crystal. Um, it yeah. was not something I yeah it was not something I grew up with. I discovered it honestly relatively late in life okay yeah um yeah. so this has been uh an absolute joy i i honestly love the story that i got to write for uh, uh boom and henson and um yeah no it's it was i it was a legitimate highlight of being a comic writer so far and i've only been doing it for a couple years but um it's just an incredible experience and i'm so happy with all the 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 it's the fans' response has been really cool. I've I've have seen like the fan community talk about the book, the first issue. It's it's been absolutely wild. I've never had that happen before. Oh, that that is cool. Like, and and I guess you know, uh, for context, I mean, we, you know, we're just days essentially after the um, issue um, eight has come out, uh, which is the the first issue of the uh, the third arc um, as part of the comics. Issue nine. The yeah, so issue nine. Yeah, issue nine. Sorry. Issue nine, yeah. sorry. So, um, and and which arc? It, and the arc is called the journey into the Mondo Levidan, 
and um and yeah i mean this is all about you know sort of mayans um you know as we know i guess from the show she is the old and this is sort of mm-hmm. her sort of you know she just became the new old and just sort of accepting the responsibilities and um gets into some you know diplomatic sort of um situations uh as we sort of see in this um, issue uh, particularly with the with the seafans listen yeah <laughs> i'm so excited like i've been looking forward to a, a storyline following the seafans for ever yeah. <laughs> just since since first reading the jm lee novels before uh the age of Resist- age of resistance series even dropped i've been like the seafans are my people i'm ready for some gelfling pirates yeah <laughs> please give me some i'm so ready so i'm beyond excited that that this is where we're at in the comic arc now so i'm just oh i'm ready you you got the most awesome job in this storyline right now <laughs> <laughs> the um learning about the seafin so i guess a little background about like how i got into dark crystal and yeah absolutely uh, yeah. love to know yeah how, how i became a fan so um i want to say it was when did the 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 netflix series came out last year didn't it yeah, it yeah, did in August. A year yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. That is insane. It feels like a decade ago. It's so crazy <laughs> that that was just a year ago. Yeah. But so about I want to say like five or six months before the airing of the first episode, um, Boom contacted me uh, to see if I was interested in writing for this comic book, um, and I was I think one of the last people they contacted, but. They needed a writer for this third arc, and I've been kind of working with Boom on some other things, but I'd never really, like, this was the first legitimate project that we sat down, and uh, they wanted me to do. Yeah. And so when they asked, I, you know, I got an email. The headline was just Dark Crystal with a question mark, and uh, so I (laughs) I read the email, and it was, and uh, I had never seen the movie before. Oh, and wow, I was okay. really, I, yeah. So I'd never seen the original movie before. I knew that next Netflix was doing this new series and I was interested. It looked really incredible. I'm a huge fan of Jim Henson as a, like, I, I like huge fan of Labyrinth. I love the Muppets, like everything he does and uh, kind of colored my childhood in a big way. And I don't know why in particular Dark Crystal kind of slipped out of my purview Maybe it was too scary for me. Maybe my parents saw like horrifying bird creatures and was like lizard birds. <laughs> like maybe this isn't right for our kid, but mm-hmm. that was the case for a lot of my peers growing up. So I yeah. would not be surprised. <laughs> so uh, my my very good friend uh, Kaylee, uh, and I'm using her first name because I want her to have credit. She introduced me to Dark Crystal. She's an incredible fan. She's read all of the the or the novels and the comics, and mm. she gave me oh, the we run. Kaylee, then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Kaylee, Kaylee is your people. Um, Heck yeah. And she gave me the rundown on kind of like what this is, and we sat down and we watched the 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 nineteen eighty movie, and I was blown away. How creative and inventive and the designs and how dark it was and it it felt so natural to the kind of things that I like to do in my writing and that's be funny and be weird and be deep and say things that are a, a poetry and Dark Crystal does all that it does it so well 
And, um, and it's part of because, you know, Jim Henson was just this creative genius, but you also have Brian Froud. I think I'm saying that last name right. Yes. Yes, you are. Yep, yep. Yes. <laughs> Brian Froud's designs and the way that they both collaborated to build this world is, it's, it's, it's incredibly enviable. And I think in the history of, you know, media and the things that we consume, I hope Dark Crystal gets its own special slot in history for just being, I think, one of the extremes of where film and art and puppetry and they just combine into this really insane, beautiful thing. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful to have the chance to add a little bit of lore to this world. It's it's a really big honor. So, um but yeah, so we, uh, I, I, I watched the Netflix show, or no, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched the movie, I was blown away, I hit up Boom, I was like, I would love to write this, I don't know, and this was honestly before I even knew that they were writing the comic series for the new show. I thought they were just doing more Dark Crystal comics, so, you know, I was like, I would love to write a Mother Augur story, I'd, I'd love to write this, this, and this, and I was pitching them ideas not knowing that they already had something in mind for me. I got you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then a couple, I want to say a couple months or a couple weeks later, I got the news that uh, they want me to write this story about the Almadra Mehran in the new Netflix series. And um, they sent me, this was probably six months before the episode first aired, but I was incredibly privileged. I got to read the, the shooting scripts for the show. Wow. Before even aired so I was like real deep into this show and I was reading the scripts and I had all of this extra stuff that Henson had given me to like learn about the world and the symbology and what everything means and it was incredibly intimidating uh there was so much to have to learn and I'm not and, and I'm nowhere close to being an expert I'm still like an apprentice fan of <laughs> I haven't. I've. I, I've been so bad in, in in reading some of the the older comics that came before this that delve into right. yeah, the, almost the like creation sequels. myths. Yeah, the yeah. creation myths, and then uh, the kind of the sequels to the original movie where it follows Jen right. and uh, like his ongoing adventures. I haven't read any of those. So, Power of the Dark Crystal, then. You have no exposure to Power of the Dark Crystal. Some some listeners would probably say that that's for the best, but... Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, I feel like there's this whole world that I haven't... I've only, like, scratched the surface of things that I've explored, and um, I'm so excited to... I'm so excited for everyone to get to read my story and see where my obvious failings in the lore are, but also hopefully appreciate that I, I really do love this world and I loved playing in the sandbox that Boom had given me. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's thinking about Dark Crystal. It's like, it just makes me feel so good and so warm. And it was 100% uh, a joyful experience to get to write the comic. And when I found out actually that I was going to be writing Mehrin, the Almadra, and I read the scripts containing, I think she's in the first five episodes of the, yes. the show. Yes, yeah. Because okay. it was at the end of episode five where 
uh, yeah, she got, you know, stabbed and killed Spoiler by this kid. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I imagine that if someone is listening to this very, uh, this, this Dark Crystal podcast about Dark Crystal for Dark Crystal fans, they should have watched the Netflix show. Oh, yeah. They so, really should yeah. There's so, no excuse. Um, spoilers, I, I, I think we can uh, safely, uh, you know, spoil the Netflix show. Our, Absolutely. Our, it's very sad that my main character in my comic book series, I already know that she dies in episode five of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So there was a very bittersweet, because I don't think any of the other characters, um, I guess, I guess Rian's dad dies too. Right? Yes, and four. Yeah. And, then, so and then of course- gobbled up. Yeah, with the gobbles. Um, and also yeah. Mira in episode one. Um, you know, getting her oh, yeah. essence drained. So, yeah, yeah. So there, there were there was a couple deaths, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, episode five was really the big one um, yeah, with Mordra yeah, Mira, yeah. and I, I guess that was like the one interesting thing. Like with her death, was we actually sort of got that almost a good year before the show came out. I think with um, Tides of the Dark Crystal with Joe's book um, th- that we found yeah. out that her character died. So like that was like such a <laughs> shocking moment. We're like, wow. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting how this is gonna play in the show. So. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. And, and uh, I'm sure fans of the Dark Crystal will want to eject me into the sun when they find out that when I was actually writing this comic, I did not know that Skeksa appears in Tides of the Dark Crystal and had other appearances in the, um, the Dark Crystal lore. I, I was, Henson gave me very little information about Skeksa. Okay, um, yeah. That was literally going to be my next question was if they had given you any backstory about Skeksa in the, in Jolie's novels, if they had given you any of that, because that was part of why I was so excited about this. This arc was because she was like one of my favorite aspects of the novels and to see that she was going to be in a comic form. So it was going to be much more visual than just reading a novel. Um, I, I was just all over this. So so you had no backstory on Skeksa. So I knew very little about Skeksa. I knew that she was the only female Skeksis. I believe that's accurate, Question right? mark. Question yeah. mark, kinda. yeah. yeah. The genders are kind of <laughs> questionable at first, but she's the only self-identifying female Skeksis, um, yeah. I believe. So yeah, confirmed. She's the only one that's like explicitly referred to as a she in yeah. the canon. Yes, yeah. So I... No, actually, I didn't get anything about Skeksa. So when I sat down and started writing her, I did some research into Skeksis, like, I guess, the way that they live. And and there's a lot of really interesting stuff about the Skeksis in some of the material that Henson sent me. I don't know if that material is public, but um, I imagine it must have been because it was very illustrated and there were a lot of diagrams and there were a lot of very uh uh intense graphs to show the symbols and what they correlate to it was incredibly intense yeah but i I did some research into kind of the skexis lifestyle and how they go about their lives i guess during this time period and i had read some fan I, i i think they were fan descriptions of what or who skexa had been and I, I'm almost positive that those fan descriptions must have been based off of the novels that had come out about the Tides of the Dark Crystal that are about Skeksa. So th- 
through osmosis, I have inadvertently, <laughs> I inadvertently found out about Skeks's uh, 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 appearance in the lore prior to my comic through the fan community who loved his character. And right. it was actually after, I think, I, I think it was after I'd written a couple of scenes with her um, that I was like, I emailed my editor, Matthew Levine. I was like, Skeksa is a really popular Skeksis. And there's a lot of nuance and really interesting things about this character that make her different from all the other Skeksis. And uh, it was after I learned all that that we kind of went back and started to retool who she was to better fit what had already been established. Because um, that was the one thing I was really, I really wanted to make sure that I wasn't messing up any established lore that people liked because I know that's a thing that fans don't like is when a creator comes in and kind of like changes stuff. So I don't want to yeah. change anything. So I, I'm hoping that my representation of Skeksa is both uh, faithful to what fans know of this character, but also brings some really new kind of questions into who she is and what her motivations are and why she is separated from the other Skeksis and why she decides to meddle in Gelfling affairs this at this particular moment. And I think the comic does a really interesting and good job of, of kind of going through her otherworldly machinations. That's the only way I can describe it. Because I think what makes, it, I think what makes the Skeksis so interesting is like they are, they're, they're like eldritch beings they're aliens it's so cool i yeah. love I love this i love this stuff it's so cool yeah yeah because i mean <laughs> right there with you man yeah because we did get hints of it um especially um yeah in tides of the dark crystal and that yeah she wanted to sort of yeah you know didn't wasn't that sort of keen and you know just hanging out with all the other skexies and sort of you know did her own you know sailing adventures you know and being with the the, the and gelflings in particular so um, so it'll definitely be really interesting to see, you know, yeah, more of Skeksa, I guess, in, in future issues, um, no, which is, which is really cool. And I mean, that, that was the one thing that I loved about this issue actually was that there was a lot of lore, um, especially, you know, at the start, we, um, actually got to see, uh, Ronip's past. Um, so, I mean, that, that was kind of like a really, uh, yeah, a good addition, you know, to, because I know of course in the show we didn't get that and, um, you know, it was going to be like a trial by air sort of challenge. And so, um, yeah, it was really cool just to see, just to see, you know, you know, visually what it looks like. So I thought that was like a really, um, oh, one of the neat, neat additions. Yeah. And let's just take a second to appreciate Joe's art. Joe's art is, it makes me want to die. It's so beautiful. The, the the illustrations and the colors by Fabiana Mascola, like this book is absolutely gorgeous. And I am so honored to be a part of such talented artists. It's, I mean, it's, it, I think that's the coolest thing about being a comic writer. And, and I do not, and I do want to emphasize this, being a comic writer is very cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this is definitely one of the coolest parts is like getting to write a story and see it translated visually by these incredibly talented artists and colorists and letters. And like even the, uh, the book is lettered by Jim Campbell, who is uh, an incredible letterist. And he, he just, I mean, everything from 
the way that the dialogue is structured and, and how he differentiates between the monologues and all the little action bits. Like it's, it's, it, it's so incredible to, to, to be part of a kind of a, a conjunction of talents. Yes, absolutely. I was, I was going to add on to that, that I, I feel like one of the reasons why comic books in general, um, I feel like work so organically with the Henson umbrella is because I think every major Henson property is incredibly collaborative. You know, you, yeah, you can pick out specific names of creators that you can credit for a lot of things, but for the most part, everything that you see and everything that resonates with us is due to a massive collaboration and a, a conjunction of visions and different artistic perspectives that all marry together. And with a, with a comic book, it's, it's very much the same. You, you have your letterers, you have your colorers, you have your ink, you have your writers. Of course, it's just, it's, Without any one little piece, it wouldn't be the same. You need all of those pieces to fall into place the way that they do. And so it's, yeah, it just it fits very organically with the with the world and the creations of, of Jim, Jim Henson and the Dark Crystal particularly. Because we always talk about how collaborative the world of the Dark Crystal is. Like, part of why it's so expansive is because of how many hearts and brains went into it. I mean, even just uh, collaborating with Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews and, and getting, their, getting their story. Like, they... They wrote the outline for this comic book and they came up with what happens and they gave me this really, really big sandbox to play in. I, I can't stress how much uh, and how honored I am. I got, to cre I, I got to create and add my own things to this, this world um, and collaboratively to be able to do that, you have to have a team that that really trusts you to not screw around and, and throw stupid stuff in there, but to also like uh, be flexible and, and, and know when things need to be moved or changed around. Um, I think the, the, the Henson team and, and boom really know how to work together to make some incredible comics. Like it's, I, I, I remember when I saw the lettered issue of uh, the, the first time I saw the letters on like the full complete issue nine, I was mm -hmm. so blown away. It was, yeah, I, it's it's gonna stick with me for a long time. And I, I'm again, I'm so effusively proud of 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 this book and and kind of what it's trying to do. I think it's definitely trying to do something very different uh, than some of the other comics I've I've worked on and and read actually. So yeah. It's a very unique flavor, for sure. You really um, accomplished that. And I'm looking right now at the panel where we're looking right at Skeksa's mug, and we're seeing the um, the lettering of, of her monologue compared to everybody else's and how it's it's very distinctive and, and suits her character. And it's such a great um, visual of of seeing Skeksa's face from that angle because the, the cover of uh, Tides, we see sort of a profile of her, um, with Corey Godby's artwork. And so it's it's really cool to see like a close up with full, you know, color realizations and sort of the the jewelry going down her her muzzle. And again, the the lettering is very unique. And um, and I have to say, for not having read uh, Joe Lee's novels, um, you really did do a good job of capturing her. <sighs> trying not to say essence, but i'm I'm gonna say essence. You captured her essence. And uh, in the, the way that she speaks, you know, it, it definitely fits. It's, you're speaking the same language, for sure. 
I'm I'm so glad to hear that, and I am happy to kind of give a, a teaser. Skeksa makes a good more amount of appearances in this story. I think she she is she is definitely the I, I think I think she has at least like three good scenes in the next two issues, and then the last issue is like really about Skeksa. So nice. yeah, or, yeah. No, that's so. A, I, yeah, no, same here, because I, I know there was something that um, some fans have sort of said about, especially with the first two arcs, that we didn't get enough Skeksis, you know, like you had sort of the sort of cameo, some of like cameo um, appearances, like with um, um, with Auden's arc and also with um, Hup's arc, you know, with um, Skekshod. Uh, so that, that's really awesome to, to hear about how, um, uh, yeah, Skeksis are actually going to have a bit, bit of, quite a bit of a presence um, in the upcoming issues. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, um, well, actually, I don't think anything because I know what happens. Yeah. But <laughs> Tell us how it I, ends. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Rub it in. <laughs> I'll be very, very, very excited to see where this story goes. It goes to some really, really wild places. Yeah. And uh, I mean, speaking of really wild places, um, I, I mean, this was posted, I think, from Boom Studios on uh, Twitter. And I think this is one of the most interesting designs I've ever seen, of course, is is the Bobblings. Um, <laughs> did they post the Bobbling designs? Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. It, it was interesting because they sort of advertised it as part of issue nine, but I'm presuming, but I mean, we didn't see them in nine, so I'm presuming they're going to be in, you know, from 10 onwards. Um, this sort of crossover between sort of Podling and Crab slash uh, Lobster. Um, so I want one so bad. Like my heart aches how much I want one of these bobblings. Yeah. Like, I need I'm, one. I'm really excited. <laughs> I hope that uh, they make toys. I'm yeah. really excited for you to meet the bobblings. Yeah. Um, they are. I, I, I don't normally do this because, like, I, I, I. Again, it's a collaborative experience. But um, in the story past that Jeffrey and Matthew gave. It was just like, there are these creatures and they are called the Bobblings. And I, I think Boom had some character designs before, but I really just, we got to create our own new, like Henson creature. Yeah. And it's not the only new Henson creature that we got to create. There's more surprises. There's, there's, new, <laughs> there's new creatures that were approved by Henson that were designed by us and... Um, I'm so excited for you guys to meet some of these weird creatures, but yeah, the Boblins will be, uh, appearing next issue under spoilery and, uh, spoilery circumstances. So you'll have to find out next month, but, uh, I think the hype can be sustained. The Boblins are a hundred percent worth the hype. They will not disappear. Awesome. I'm that, excited. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's really interesting, like, with the Bobblings that, I guess, in a weird way, like, if Podlings were born from the ground, you know, you know, sort of they're potato-like in, in a way, then the Bobblings are sort of born from the sea. So, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a very, yeah, just the, the design of it is a very, um, yeah, unique. And I just just love that interesting, really, cr- crossover between yeah. the You got pod- your, your surf and turf. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit, um, how much of the overall story is is kind of given to you in the form of an outline? You know, they do they get really specific with you as far as okay, you have to include this and this and this, 
and then everything else is up to you? Or is, is it like a pretty clear cut skeleton that you're supposed to just add the meat to? That's actually, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it was, I would say, I, I think for, so my arc, I think each issue is 22 pages and there's four of them. So it's like 80, 88 pages or so. And for that 88 pages of comics, I was given roughly about three or four pages total of synopsis. Interesting. Um, yeah. So basically it ran down. Issue one, I think, was the most detailed of the synoptics uh, of parts of the synopsis because I think and, – and very good on them. I think they knew how they wanted – Mayrin to kind of enter into the reader's minds. So the most amount of things that were planned event-wise uh, was mostly in issue one. And then for the rest of the issues, it was uh, a quarter of that for the synopsis. And, and even as I got into writing it, there started to have things that required to be changed and fiddled with. So the synopsis is really this general skeletal guide, which sounds pretty cool, uh, <laughs> skeletal guide for the story. And it kind of provides these like uh, checkpoints. As long as you make it to these like story beats or these story checkpoints, the stuff that happens in the middle is really open to creative freedoms. And that's where I got to play around the most and uh, issues two, Honestly, issues two, three, and four are it's that's really the sandbox that was given to me to to create and play in. Um, and I'm really excited for you guys to see it because it's it's a really unique I, I feel like it's a really unique part of Dark Crystal. I think it opens up some really interesting lore implications because of what we know mm -hmm. about Skekta. And I think and her counterpart. Yeah, I think it'll give the fans of Tides something to think about and wonder about, like, what happens after this? How do these things kind of connect? And I hope there's more story there. I, I, I hope uh, Boom and Henson decide to keep going with these prequel comics because I think, you know, we're all hoping for a second season, and I think we're all pretty... We really want a second season. Oh, I don't yeah. know how yeah. to say that. <laughs> yeah. I know, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fandom is screaming. <laughs> I know. Uh, the way that I think we kind of bridged the gap between having a full-blown second season and still getting to learn about these characters in Age of Resistance is doing these prequel comics. And even, I mean, I've, I haven't even talked about this. I'm riffing ideas here. but But doing comics that are even adjacent and happening concurrently with Age of Resistance. Maybe we see events from other characters' points of view. Um, yeah. There's a lot, there's, there's so much that you can do with the structure of the story that was, that, that Age of Resistance had and the prequel comics and, 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 and the stories that are to be told, I hope, uh, uh, find a way to people's eyeballs. Absolutely. I mean, this, this fan community is never short of questions regarding the lore and what we haven't seen yet. Um, because, you know, as a recent fan of the movie, you probably know, like, there's, you're left, you, you come away from the movie going, wow, what an amazing world that I was just exposed to, but I have so many more questions about what I didn't see. <laughs> like, what about this and this and this? So there's, there's just so much left to explore. That's really cool that you get to be a part of that. No, it's, 
it's 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 a really it, it, it is really cool. It's really cool to be a part of it. It's a really cool thing to get to add and and to have these small contributions. Um, I'm very I'm very glad and very proud to say that Dotleth is an original Matterman creation. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah. I I I love her. She uh Mayrin needed this this mother figure in the comic and in the in the um kind of the synopsis she she didn't really have anybody she just had her advisors uh and they were kind of uh not necessarily nameless but there was a lot of uh creative liberties given to me to kind of expand her her council of uh intelligent gelflings that she surrounds her with her surrounds herself with and um i really thought she needed a mother figure that was positive in this beginning part of the story and and Dotleth was one of the things that I came up with that that actually stuck into the comic. There's there were a couple things that got edited out, but Dotleth was one of the things that uh, kind of stuck to the story and became a major part of the narrative. And I'm uh, again, I'm so honored that I got to make her. She's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I hope more people get a chance to write this character and 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 fiddle around with like who she is and it she's a she's a weirdo man i love it <laughs> yeah i relate to that big time it probably also makes you really want to see her in puppet form too oh yeah i would love that i love her big poofy gray flowery hair it's so wonderful <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and it also like that just that first uh scene that moment with her um dressing the throne for mayrin and sort of telling her but this is traditional and um even that kind of answered questions and, and opened more doors about the, the Gelfling culture for us. So through that character that you created, you're sort of telling us a little bit more about like Vaporn culture that we were wondering about. And so through that's that's awesome that you get to do that. I know. It's so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm sure so many people are jealous of me. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're plotting your demise as we speak. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and, and that, that was the thing, like, actually, like, reading, you know, especially with her dialogue, like, I was actually reading, I was actually getting, like, a, a lot of um, Celadon, um, you know, so I can totally. definitely hear, you know, I can definitely get where Celadon, you know, gets her, you know, mother sort of, sort of bit of that attitude, that sort of thing, um, which I thought that was really cool, like, because I always That's found that Celadon cool. was a bit of like the odd one out, you know, with the show. But then, you know, reading this comic, it's like, oh, wow, you know, there is a lot of Celadon like in her mom. you know. Which is probably why Mayrin is so hard on her. Mm. And this answers yet another question. Thanks. <laughs> You're very welcome. Yeah. I, that was one of the most incredible challenges about writing this comic book is that. So you have this character, Mayrin, who is she's in the show. She's kind of a secondary character. You you get bits and pieces of who she is, but you're mostly seeing her through the perspective of one of the one of the sisters, uh, and so it, it's always colored very differently behind the perspective of, of who's interacting with her. So yeah, with Celadon, it was very antagonistic. For <clears throat> for Tavra, it was this very like there's they both it, honestly with Tavra it felt like they both honored each other and they both respected each other as individuals and they both understood uh kind of I think with Tavra and Mayron they both saw each other's unique strengths and how that made them both stronger and I think 
Tavra as the middle child is maybe one of the more interesting ones. And I, I, I think you'll see more of Tavra as we get into this. <laughs> but one of the most incredible challenges of this was trying to encapsulate all three of the sisters in this one character. So you have to, like, Mayrin is these... She is her daughter's mother, if that makes sense. Like, like she she needs to encapsulate all of the emotion, all of the angst, all of the curiosity, and all of the 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 valor that her three daughters have, and kind of finding the right moments to show each of her her daughters was again the most fun part of this. So, I mean, I I, I definitely wrote Marin with uh, 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 Celadon and Tavra being kind of the main inspirational guideposts because I think that they constitute a lot of what people think of when they think about leaders. They're strong, they're resolute, and I think Mehrin kind of reflects those things in, a, in an extreme because of how brash she is. So um, I, I absolutely agree. I think that's why you get those Celadon vibes. I, I think later on you're going to get those Tavra vibes, and then even later on you're going to get those Bria vibes. So, do we maybe get to find out anything about their their if there's a dad or or another mom? Perhaps I know you probably can't tell us, but there's more questions that are being raised about oh 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 because we know Mayrin's a single mom. By the time we see her, there's more questions there. Yeah. <laughs> there are more questions there. I can safely say that this is a story about Mayrin's legacy. If that okay. is okay. Mayrin's yeah. this is a story about Mayrin, who she is, how she was given her how how legacy was handed down to her and how she goes about trying to find legacy for herself and for her future kids, I think. Um, and while I cannot spoil anything totally, this is <laughs> this is a this is a love story, and I think Ooh. that this story is about finding finding the people that can balance out the the rough edges and can make you feel a little bit more whole, or a little bit more rounded, or a little bit more. Uh, capable to take on the anxieties and the frustrations and the surprises that the world throws at you. And um, I think at the heart of it, that's what this story is about, is grappling with love and how that can hurt people in very uh, uh, ethereal ways or, 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 or very... Um, uh, kind of mysterious ways and, and also how it can be this this thing that kind of pulls you out of the darkness and and helps you find strength and power and friendship and camaraderie with people that you wouldn't expect. So um, I think, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think your questions will be. It gives us enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, awesome. That's no. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I mean, like you wrote on, I think on Twitter, I think the other day, how you, you, could, you, you sort of wrote as a story about big feelings and it's a horror pirate rom-com adventure. So, um, ah, yeah, so. Um, I love it. 
I know. So we're already loving this. And again, this comic just added, you know, so much lore, more questions. And, it, you know, it's just going to be exciting to, you know, for the next really uh, three more months of finding out, you know, what Main gets up to with her adventures. And um, of course, you know, <laughs> um, at the end, you know, you know, the, the, sh- uh, the ship got destroyed by this, you know, big uh, sea creature. And um, it's, it, I'm, I'm really curious how, you know, what will come next. Um, and not only that, I'm, you know, again, I'm so curious about what is the Mondo uh, Leviathan, um, um, you know, because, uh, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm just speculating. Are- <laughs> Go ahead. You no, know, you're, you're, you're definitely going to find out uh, in the next issue. I think that you, there's going to be a lot of answers to questions. And I think we're just, I think the story keeps building up and building up kind of the, uh, the it kind of keeps amping up so i'm, I'm really excited for you guys to the next issue yeah yeah so really just just getting too. things warmed up you know essentially you know <laughs> yeah i mean my exact sensibilities and the things that i'm the most fangirly about are fantasy horror and pirates and so this is right up my alley <laughs> wonderful this is the first time i've ever written a quote-unquote pirate adventure and um i had a lot of fun i would 100 percent do it again if someone asked me to write pirates i will be happy to do so um there's a lot it's 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 just it's it's very fun and uh i'm i'm shocked that uh the seafins haven't been in more of the back lore i i i I, I guess they were focused on tides correct yeah yeah i think it was yeah tides yeah that they were um you know featured heavily um and i know like in the show you sort of got a little bit of them like in the early episodes especially like with um onika and elder kadir um but yeah i mean like out of all the try out of all the clans i should say that it was sort of like you know sort of the sea fin a little bit but also like i think the um the Spriton, I felt like, you know, there wasn't, you know, we didn't get to know too much about them as well. So it, it, it's kind of cool with these comics that, you know, really, it's, you know, really go deep in some of this lore, especially with the Seafins. So it's, yeah, it's just really exciting to um, see them a lot more, yeah, established and really get to know what they're all about. Yeah, no. There's so many I, layers of them. Yeah. I, uh... They're, they're an interesting bunch. I, I Again, I, I was learning about them when I was kind of doing my deep dive into the materials that Henson gave. And um, there's a lot of really interesting things about them. And I, uh, I hope that um, I've given enough to the, the community and the lore that when writers are, you know, when writers come after me to write more stories about seafins or vaporins that they can use my story hopefully as a, a, a guidepost for some of the things that they can expand on. And I think that's the really fun part about this is like, it's, it's, it, it's kind of like, you know, communal storytelling in a way, because, you know, Henson and Froud and, and Jeffrey and Matthew, they've created this and expanded on this world and then they kind of just pass it off to other people to expand even further. And, and so we, we get to leave our marks on this world. And 
I think the hope is that the marks that we leave help future writers navigate an incredibly dense, lore-rich universe that can be expanded at all. Like, it, like, there's no limit to what you can do with this story and this world. And so because it's so vast and because it's so expansive, I think the writers and the creators of these comics rely on each other to uh, kind of guide them as to where the where the answers need to go there's because there's so much you're you're absolutely right i remember when the first issue was the first or the issue nine's cover was released i i remember going on to a reddit or some forum and people were just discussing theories about what the tree meant on the front cover and whether yeah. or not and i this is the first time i'd heard about this particular tree i'm like what this tree should i have read about this tree <laughs> <laughs> and, and so um, it's it, it's like, again, the world is so massive and large that no one person can know everything about this, this universe. And so you're always finding new incredible nuggets of information about Gelflings, about Skeksis, about Agra, about Raunip, about all these like different characters. And I, when I first got the, uh, the synopsis, I didn't know who Roundup was. And I, I was like, Roundup's past, what is that? That sounds so evocative. What does that mean? <laughs> and so I looked into it. Oh, it is. Mother Opera had a kid. And, and I was Say like, what? I, was like <laughs> I know. So there's like, you find these things on these, uh, these little uh, navigations through this lore and it, it, it informs what you do and it informs what the characters do. And it's, it's so much fun. And I, 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 I hope, if there are comic writers or, or creators that are out listening to this, that um, obviously, you know, try, try to work for Dark Crystal. Try to work for Henson. It's their incredible <laughs> company. I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's a mind-blowing advice, but um, I think... It's nice to confirm it. Yeah. <laughs> I think what makes them special is that they follow their heart and they create what is true to them and they create things that inspire other people to care about the creativity inherent in being alive. And I think that's what makes the Dark Crystal and the Labyrinth and and all of the Jim Henson kind of, I guess, quote unquote properties special right. is because they 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 fill us with that like childlike wonder of creativity. And you're you're experiencing things like a kid would and it's it's so wonderful i again like I, I remember watching the dark crystal for the first time last year and i i can safely say i feel like my reaction as a 29 year old or 30 year old man and you know had i watched that movie five it my, our reactions would have been the same and it would have been like this is effing crazy i yep. can't believe this is a movie and uh, it, it has that magic where you can watch it at any point in your life and be like, this is insane. And I love it. Yeah. Having seen it for the first time when I was four can confirm same reaction. <laughs> yeah. That, that'd be a lot of those scenes where it's just like, yeah. How, like, oh, how, how they pulled that off or like, it's, yeah, it's such a magical film. Um, and, and, you know, I guess, you know, with, with a franchise like Dark Crystal, like, um, well, it's already been established. I mean, there's like thousands of years of history that you can sort of delve into from any, you know, time period. So 
um yeah we, we're definitely looking forward to what the future holds um you know hopefully you know we'll definitely get more um uh, dark crystal comics you know beyond um with the age of resistance um so you know we've got to got our fingers crossed for that and um yeah we just um and, and i guess you know with us and you know all the many fans we're sort of very much looking forward to uh reading the, this arc and you know getting the full story so i'm so excited for you guys to read it it's it's uh it has a really special place in my heart and i i i hope it uh is as emotionally affecting as i intended it to be i i think there are some really good moments in this story and um I don't know. I'm 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 really I'm really grateful that uh, the fan community and the Dark Crystal community has been so kind and so warm, and it's incredible that a film created almost 40 years ago now, right, uh, has persisted with such a powerful group of fans and creators and people that find meaning in these stories and that can find themselves in these stories. And that's really what it's all about. That's what fantasy is. Yeah. That's what writing is. It's trying to find that mutual empathy between a creator, a, a, a writer and the reader or, or whoever. And uh, I, I, I know this is pretty galaxy brain stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love that here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's like, I think that's what Dark Crystal brings out of, at least it brought out of me, was, again, just a, a, an in, inherent respect and wonder for the literal magic of creativity. Um, and Jim Henson captured it when he was doing this, and uh, the other writers and the other creators that have poured themselves into these comics do it. And when you work on Dark Crystal, you just are opened up by the vastness of and the beautiful way that the world is constructed. Yeah. And then comparing that to other um, comic writing endeavors that you've had previously, would you say that it's just a whole other universe in a literal sense, like compared to your previous writing experience, this is like whole other ballpark, right? Oh, hands down. Writing the dark crystal was the most stressful undertaking I think I've had to do as a writer. There was so much that I had to learn. There was so much that I had to get acclimated to. And um, my previous projects have all been creator owned before The Dark Crystal. I, I my, my first comic that kind of put me into this career and allowed me to do this for a living was Long Lost. I created that with my wife, Lisa Sturl. And, um, and I think honestly, long lost is, uh, is kind of reflective of dark crystal in a way, because it is about two sisters that have this strained relationship with their mother. And in a reflective way, it is, that is also kind of the story of dark crystal where you have these sisters that have this very strained and or complex relationship with their mother, who's Marin. And so mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool to jump from something that was really personal to me in Long Lost to jumping to something that that is adjacently personal, but in a new and exciting and in a different way. It, it, it yeah. felt like I got to write a companion piece to this other book that I wrote 
through the Dark Crystal, which is a really, really, really cool thing to get to do. Um, and 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 other than that, I I I had a short run on Care Bears. I saw that. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Care Bears lore is nowhere near as intense as Dark Crystal's lore, um, but I'm sure the fans will disagree with me. Uh, <laughs> I Care, Care Bears was a wonderful experience, and but it did not prepare me in any sense for the kind of magnitude that is the Dark Crystal. Um, and 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 actually, since, since writing the Dark Crystal, I've I've gone on to write a Power Rangers book for Boom as well, and. Okay, the, listen, the listen. <laughs> I'm so excited. I will. Oh, I will actually say I've actually been uh, rewatching the the original Power Rangers because I hadn't watched them, you know, since the '90s. And I mean, that's a cool thing. Like with Netflix, is like they have like, you know, all the shows pretty much. So it, it's been kind of fun just sort of actually, you know, watching them back and just revisiting them. And um, and and I, I guess I uh, I don't know. You probably know, but I mean. The, you know the episodes i'm actually up to is uh green with evil which is um you know the first <laughs> so and that was like the first um yeah. arc featuring the green ranger or tommy so and that's yeah. been that's been so much fun um to sort of you know <laughs> so, i i mean i feel like the the connective tissue behind all of these things that that i've is that um there are things that we experience as kids that can still have meaning and power for us as adults and I didn't experience the Dark Crystal as a kid, but it felt like I did when I watched it when I was 30. So that definitely means something, and that shows the power of that movie. But yeah, I, I think when it comes to like Power Rangers and, and Care Bears and, and some of the other things that I've written, it's like part of it is is finding the 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 core beautiful essence of what makes it creatively engaging, um, right. and the Dark Crystal. For me, it's 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 informed more of my writing than I think other projects have. Um, since writing this comic book, I I I feel like I've grown a lot as a writer, and I I can point to the Dark Crystal as a very very specific turning point in me being a writer as being able to point to the dark to the Dark Crystal and say like. I learned and grew a lot as a writer when I was writing this book and it has really informed my future projects. I, I, I don't know how else to put it, but yeah, I, I, I hope that people go on to read more of my work. And if you're a fan of the dark crystal, you read some of the other things I've written. And I, my hope is that you see the connective tissue behind the Dark Crystal and something like Long Lost, which is a gothic cosmic horror story about Southern America. I, I think there's things that are similar there that if you enjoy the Dark Crystal and if you enjoy my writing, I, I think you can find those those things it's that... In my comicsology wish list as we speak, I'm I'm looking forward to reading it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm oh, definitely going to okay. get onto that really soon as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, Matthew, I just again we'll, we'll have to wrap it up, but I will have to say thank you so much for being on the show, and I think we'll, we'll definitely have to get you back on um, probably once the once the comics all wrapped up and we can you know talk about the story as a whole because um, yeah. I think I think How there's lines up. you know based on issue nine, you know there was a lot of law that was established there, and I think there's going to be just a, a ton more uh, coming up in the future issues, so um, yeah, which no, is really cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, I'd love to be on again. Uh, I imagine when um, my issues get collected, it's, it's being collected into, I think each of the arcs are being collected into individual books. Right. Um, so yeah, when my arc gets collected and it's the full thing, I'd love to sit down and talk with you guys about yeah, it. I, I can't think of a, I can't think of a better way to spend my evening yeah. than to talk about dark crystals with <laughs> of the dark crystals. Oh, thank you. No, that's Absolutely. awesome. And um, and, yeah, and totally agree. And and how can um, people reach out to you? How can they find you know all your work and um, where you're on social media or, or whatnot? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Matthew Ehrman. And that's just my name. That's how you spell it. And uh, if you have the book, you can open up to the front page and see my name. Uh, and you can find more of my writing on Comixology. You can check out Long Lost. I've got a bunch of books coming out in the next two years uh, with Vault, with Oni Lion Forge, with I have a, a something coming up very exciting with Boom that I don't know if it's going to be announced. I've got stuff with Mad Cave. I'm working and I'm trying to give as much weird, wonderful stories to everyone as humanly possible. So uh, if you take the time to find my work, you, I, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And what better time? What better time, honestly, to get lost in something weird elsewhere, not here and now. And yeah. <laughs> dive headfirst into some weird fiction. You have the time, everyone. Do it right now. Incredible point. Excellent. And, and we'll, we'll put all those links in the show notes and, um, and especially your website at MatthewErman.com. So no, yeah. that's awesome. So again, thank you so much for being on the show and yeah, looking forward to having you back on, um, in, in the near future. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Be safe, be well, uh, take care of your friends and family and, uh, keep watching and reading the dark crystal. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. Follow us on Instagram at darkcrystalpodcast and on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. If you'd like to support the show, subscribe to the podcast, write a review on Apple Podcasts and consider being our Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash dark crystal podcast thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of trial by stone this podcast is brought to you by thamescon bringing conventions to oxford and london including the great conjunction the first ever Dark Crystal Convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com.